right, welcome to Conversations from the Front Porch. I'm Leslie Cordy and I'm your host. We are lucky today to have with us Dr. Kemily Parr. Uh, I'd like to call her both a friend and a colleague as I did with another folks, uh, another person the other day. But Kemily is wonderful. She's an assistant professor at the uh, Murray State University in the College of Education and Human uh, Services Department. And she's also Director of Career and Technical Education at Murray State. She has a Doctor of Philosophy from our program um, in Adult Education at Auburn University and a Master's in Science degree in Dental Hygiene. And she has a long career in higher education, um, working in a variety of occupations. She's a member of several professional organizations and and uh, this past year, she was recognized as the Murray State University College of Education and Human Services Outstanding Collegiate Researcher and Faculty Award. So, wow. Welcome, Kemily. <laughs> Thank you, Leslie. Thank you for the invitation and the opportunity. Welcome. So, we haven't had anybody um, really focus in on career and tech education and um, Certainly, we haven't had anybody from um, your area in terms of uh, sort of the Midwest uh, or the Southeast, I guess, uh, Kentucky is. Are you, what are you considered? What part of the geography? Um, it's Southern, but it's also Midwestern as well. Lots yeah. of corn and soybeans in Western Kentucky where I live. Oh, it's beautiful State. up there. I know I've driven through. Yeah, it's all the way in Western Kentucky, so it's pretty flat and just beautiful land here. Very nice. Well, tell us what you do in, in terms of being director of the Career and Tech Ed and sort of maybe how you got there and a, a little bit about your position. Well, my I guess my career in higher education began as someone who was in industry. I was a dental hygienist and worked for years in private practice and had the opportunity to begin teaching at a local university just in clinicals and it was quite interesting to go from the actual dental office into the realm of education and figuring out how to deliver instruction and how to teach. So I was a professional in my occupation. And then I entered that classroom as that professional. And all of a sudden I was the novice. I had no idea how to teach. Um, I then pursued a bachelor's degree, which had teaching methodology included in it, which did help. But still yet, it was an interesting transition so in that position, as we began hiring other folks to help teach in the dental hygiene program, I was the designated teacher educator. As people would come in, um, I would be asked to work with them and help them organize their lessons or to deliver a lesson or give them some pointers on methodology for teaching. And so it was very interesting to be able to come from that um, point of being a novice when I entered um, higher ed to being able to help others. And so when the job opened up at Murray State, um, I was very interested in it. The populations that I work with at Murray State are, are quite varied. I have traditional 
career and technical education students, and I also have what I consider to be non-traditional students because they are industry experts who leave their occupation where they are the expert and they enter the high school or middle school classroom to begin teaching students at that level. And they go through that um, sort of a, a very interesting transition from being the expert in their field to being a novice in the teaching or the education field. Well, let's talk about that. Um, sounds like the, even though it sounded like a smooth transition for you, right, as the expert to novice to expert again, being the sort of the faculty developer and things like that, you've noticed some of that happening with your students, right? And this yes. lifelong learning process, right? So right. what are some of the things that you focus your curriculum on or your teaching strategies with these people to help them become better teachers and instructors? Because it sounds like they want to do it. They do. They leave their occupation. Some of them even retire from that occupation and they have a desire. They, they will tell me, I have seen the struggles of young people entering my profession. So it's my desire to go back and actually start teaching those folks and teaching them what they need to survive and to, to thrive in this occupation. And they have the skills to do it, but they don't necessarily know how to deliver instruction. I was very fortunate. There's, there's a major difference between taking a teaching methodology course and actually jumping in there to your own classroom and, and delivering instruction. I was very fortunate to have a my husband had been an agriculture teacher for years and so whenever I entered that classroom for the first time in higher ed I was like oh my goodness and you know he was very supportive and I think that mentor aspect is something that I learned from him and I, I gleaned from him that I also apply to my students. Um, I think that's one of the most important things that we can do for new teachers is to give them that mentor support and have that open communication to let them know it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to come to me and let me know, you know, what happened today and how, you know, these are some strategies that we can work through. So that's one thing that I do with um, the instruction that they receive. Um, we have a mentor component so that there is that open communication. Wow, so you actually, is it a formal mentoring program that you have as part of your program, or is it just something that you incorporated into the curriculum? In the state of Kentucky, uh, we have an, a, like a, an actual structured mentor program in the state for new career and technical education teachers. It's a two-year program that they go through, and all of the teachers get together in regional meetings, a couple of times a year. They also get together during the summer and spend a little more time together during the summer than they do during the year. And that summer location are all of the new teachers that are in both the first year and second year cohort. And they really gain so much from getting together and hearing that they are not an island out there alone, right. that they do have others that are struggling with the same issues, same classroom management issues, or um, finding curriculum issues, different things that new teachers 
you know, struggle with. They, they really glean a lot from that mentor program. So that's a two-year program. That's really, that sets the stage, right, for them to be able to develop a community of practice. And I'm sure that some of them stay in touch even after those two years. Absolutely. We have such technologically advanced new teachers in our cohort. Some of them create blogs. Some of them create websites that they get together on. And um, they do. They continue those relationships for years. And that mentor program, when it was created, our regulations, um, state regulations for those teachers changed. And so we had the need for a mentor program. So that was created. We also needed our curriculum updated at the university. So I took that new teacher mentor program and created courses to coincide with that. So my students that come through are going through the mentor program at the same time they're doing their coursework and it's all very supportive coursework. So it may be assignments that are as simple as, I want you to list the IEP conditions that your students may have, or it may be something as simple as go to your administrator. Your assignment today is to go to your administrator and have a discussion about what you need to know about um, an ARC meeting or an IEP. What do you need to know? What do those letters even mean? So they are kind of forced through their assignments to make that time in their schedule to go sit down and have a discussion with their administrator. One of the um, common complaints for the new career and technical education instructor is that they are often handed keys and shown to their classroom and then they are left to figure out their own path right they they didn't have the ag teacher husband at home to come mm -hmm. home and ask questions to yeah. so this coursework is set up to help them succeed and our um, attrition rate has really declined in the last couple of years since we've started the mentor program and the new curriculum um, in the state, we were in upper 60s. Now we're in the upper 90s of retention numbers percentage-wise. So wow. it's, it's doing really well, and, and we're very grateful um, for our teachers and the participation. They, they're excited to come to the New Teacher Institute, which is the, um, it's kind of the umbrella title for the, all the new teachers. They go through that two-year program along with the mentoring. Sounds like an excellent program and the curriculum sounds, you know, obviously is familiar to me in the idea of the lifelong learner or the adult learner. You're doing real world application and things that are relevant, right, to that learner. And, and yeah. that's obviously pumped up your retention rate in the program and, and probably improved the student learning experience for their students then too. I hope so. <laughs> no, I know so. I believe so. So tell me a little bit more about you, the folks that you, you work with in terms of those non-traditional students. What do we need to know and understand about, about them? Okay, these are experts in their fields, as I've said over and over. They um, could come from a variety of backgrounds. There are 16 career clusters. Um, in career tech ed, so they could come from culinary arts, they could come from an automotive background, 
a carpentry background, welding background. Um, in Kentucky, some family and consumer sciences have now opened up pathways that um, those professionals can enter the high school classroom without a family and consumer sciences baccalaureate degree. So those include culinary arts, nutrition and foods, and also early childhood education. Mm -hmm. If someone has a professional background in business, they can also teach business and marketing education. Oh, wow. So most everything falls under that umbrella of career and technical education, except for agriculture in Kentucky, the ag folks, they have been certifying their folks for years. They have a very set method. They have their own new teacher induction program. They do a wonderful job. So the rest of the professions fall under the umbrella of career and technical education and go through the new teacher induction program and the new teacher mentor program. Wow, so I know that these students, they're adult learners, right? In most cases, right? They are, they're yeah. not They're not our normal um, undergraduate student, right? Even though it Correct. is an undergraduate program, right? Right, in order to be hired in the state of Kentucky, they have to have five years experience and no, four years experience, two of those within the last five years. Okay. So they have to have been out of high school and be in that profession for at least four years. Okay. Wow. So they really have to want to do this though, right? Because yes, I'm not sure <laughs> the reward is uh, monetary, but the reward is, is that they really want to pass on their expertise to the to the next generation and and they have a passion for teaching right they I, I think i remember you alluding to the fact that they really care about the workforce oh they do they have so many of them one of their first assignments is to tell me um kind of their history and their background and why they chose to become a high school teacher or a middle school teacher and so often it's that they have a passion for the U.S. workforce and they want to make sure that the workforce is enabled and capable to take care of, of the, you know, the citizens for the next hundred right. years or whatever, you know, they really right. passionate about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I know, I know that uh, a lot of folks in academia, whether we call it post-secondary education or higher education, don't necessarily understand that certification process. And I know from state to state, it differs a little bit. Could you talk a little bit about what that certification process entails? Yes, in the state of Kentucky, which is the, of course, the only one I can really speak to um, because it does vary greatly across the U.S., um, certification here, they have six years to get a degree of some form in their area. So for instance, someone may have left the field of carpentry and they have retired, they've decided I'm going to teach high school, they find a position, they may apply for the position, but then they have six years to get some form of degree. And they have the option in Kentucky, they can either get a degree in their profession, which is really hard to find an associate degree 
in carpentry that's taught during the day when they are actually already in service teaching. So their other option is to get a degree in career and technical education, which okay. is where my degree programs at Murray State come into play. So they can get that associate degree. And if, if you think about it, they're already an expert in carpentry. So it makes sense for them to get the career and technical education degree, which helps them and supports them in their new profession of teaching. Yes. So that, once they get the associate's degree, that gets them a rank two. They enter the classroom as a rank three. With the associates, they're a rank two. And then once they get a baccalaureate degree, they are considered a rank one, which is as high as you can go. Okay. And with traditional education in Kentucky, which requires no, um, no work experience. So you go through a traditional education program, those folks leave the classroom at a rank three and then have to get their master's to get a rank one and a specialist or another master's, you know, to get the pay raises and move on up in rank. So it's a little different in that our folks are rank one with that bachelor's degree, but they have all of their work experience or they wouldn't have been hired for the position. And all of those folks then, um, if they come into your career and tech ed program, they are part of that teaching institute, is that what you called it, where there's a mentoring cohort for two years? Yes, they are required to participate in the New Teacher Institute. New Teacher Institute. I wonder if we have something like that here. I'm not sure. That sounds like a program that we should... Um, model. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested in <laughs> I'm talking to you offline more about that. Um, so what kinds of things you said, uh, you know, they go through that there's, they can do an associate's degree, they can do a bachelor's degree, there's different ranking, they have the, the new teachers institute. What kinds of things do you feel like that they ask you to teach them? What are they looking for in terms of uh, moving them from um, a novice teacher to an expert teacher, let's say. Okay, it begins with the very basics and education is renowned for tons and tons of acronyms. Um, there is a 24 page document, which is kind of a glossary of acronyms that explain Ooh. what, um, you know, all of these letters stand for, we used to have COSA tests, um, KDE, Kentucky Department of Education, all of that. So we begin with very basics like that so that they can understand the terminology of their administrators, of their fellow teachers, um, things as simple as writing a lesson plan, breaking it down into simple steps for them. A, a simplified lesson plan is provided so that they can begin with instruction. Locating curriculum is something that they definitely need help with. You know, they have their keys to their classroom, they have their classroom, they have their students. Now, what are they going to teach? Right. And this year was especially challenging because when COVID um, became an issue, a lot of these folks, you know, that were planning these hands-on, face-to-face lab instruction, it didn't happen. And right. so they were able to use things like tooling you and different curriculums to actually still interact with their students by Zoom or other means. So it was a very interesting semester. 
Yeah, I, I'm thinking though, do you think that um, there might have been some positive aspects that came out of that um, sort of thrust into technology? Yes, I do think so. Um, I have a very small population of my students who are not very technologically savvy and this kind of pushed them out of their comfort zone and into the realm of I can do this you know it gave them a sense of self-efficacy a sense of self-confidence that they can handle um, the technological aspects and I think it did change the way that they approach their lessons and how they teach and also from an advisor standpoint because I one-on-one -on -one advise all of my advisees across the state of Kentucky and it was wonderful to be able to see them by Zoom. Normally they are so busy and so we end up just emailing, you know, advising or just a quick phone call. But with this, it, it almost felt like a lot of people wanted to talk if that makes any sense at all. It does you know, to make that face-to-face -face, um, connection and to have actual time to, to actually talk about, well, how's your family and how are things going with your lessons? So an advising session turned into, you know, more of a conversation than it had been in the past. So absolutely, I think that was definitely a positive and it is something that I would love to um, continue even after COVID is you know, out of the picture, and we're able to advise as normal. Even with my traditional students, it was very interesting because normally we meet face-to-face, -face and they are so tech-savvy. You know, they were all ready and, and raring to go with it, um, Zoom yeah. advising. But so, yeah, by the end of our, and all of my classes, of course, went to um, online, and so by the end of our Zoom sessions, they were ready to talk, and you know, as a group, we were discussing how are things going? Are you, yeah. you know, finding everything you need? How can I help? You know, what could we do different in class? Those types of things. So definitely there were some positives yeah. um, that came out of this forced um, online experience. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that part of it too. You know, like you said, um, we're learning to use the technologies more to have those types of interactions that are important. It can't be exactly the same, but we're enhancing um, our programs in terms of those technologies. Um, well, I know you're a very busy person and, and have lots of things to do. Are there any other um, thoughts or ideas that you wanna share with us this afternoon about career and tech ed? I mean, it sounds like you have a wonderful program there. I'm interested I'm sure others are interested in that new teacher institute and just the idea of mentoring, right? You know, of the guide on the side. Yeah. Um, it has been a wonderful experience in my life to have worked, especially, I mean, I truly enjoy my traditional um, undergraduate students, but to have these um, students who are non-traditional, who, you know, you develop these, um, this mentor relationship with and you follow up with them year after year after year and just watch them grow as a teacher. I think it's just wonderful. So for professionals out there who are thinking, mm -hmm. you know, I've got all these skills. Should I 
take the time to give back and, and teach a class, whether it be, um, I have one teacher who teaches adult welding in the evenings, uh-huh. you know, and he's got all these skills that he's willing to share with these adults. I mean, do it, jump in there and do it. There are people to help you. I know in the state of Kentucky, we mentor folks and, and we really do take pride in educating our teachers and our future workforce. It has really been an exciting adventure so far. Very enjoyable. Wow. Well, thank you, Kemaly. Um, I'm excited for the learners in, in Kentucky. It sounds like um, our our career career in tech ed, excuse me career in tech ed folks are in in good hands with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've been speaking with Dr. Kemaly Parr, the director of career and tech education at Murray State University. Thank you, Dr. Parr. Thank you, Leslie. It's my pleasure.